You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Yeah. All right. Um, so just by way of introduction, today's message is tagged alive and well. And I will not be taking the session alone. I have someone who will be joining me shortly. But just to lay background. Um, so you know how it is that if you're a management consultant here, or you know, you're a business consultant, you've been, you, you do business like Pastor Tulu, one of the things you would hear would typically in, you know, in, in the business world, or even in the corporate world really, is that organizational growth, is a, uh, organizational health is a prerequisite to organizational growth. So if your organization isn't healthy, healthy financially, if your organization is a toxic environment where people where your staff members are unable to work together, where you have um, fractioned teams, you know, where people are chasing their own agenda as it were, and, and are not mindful of the vision and the mission of the, of the organization, there's a high likelihood that that organization will not thrive. Even if it is making money, even if the bottom line is looking all great, there's a high likelihood that it will not last long. And that seems to be the problem with a lot of businesses in Nigeria. I mean, we can count very few family-owned businesses that have lived, you know, existed for centuries. Meanwhile, you think about, or, or even as existed for decades, significant number of decades. But you think about, you know, organizations like, uh, or businesses like Walmart. Does anybody want to give any other example of a business that has existed for quite a significant number of years. Sorry? Yeah? Coca-Cola, exactly. Our parents, parents, parents drank Coca-Cola, our parents drank Coca-Cola. We are drinking Coca-Cola, children are drinking Coca-Cola. So I mean, there are a ton of businesses like that, but organizational health is so critical. Moving on to other forms of health, there's spiritual health. If you're not healthy spiritually, you will not grow. And that has been the crux of our conversation in the last two months. If you're not healthy spiritually, you will not grow. And we've talked about ways um, to attain spiritual health, to grow spiritually. Uh, if you're not healthy financially, you will not be able to do a lot of things. You will not be able to do a lot of things. You know, there's a book called um, Money is God in Action. Yeah, that's the name. Money is God in Action. Well, bottom line, money does a whole lot. Have you ever wondered about the... Good Samaritan. You read the story of the Good Samaritan and a lot of times we dwell on the fact that, oh, the Levite passed by, didn't stop. Uh, someone else passed by and didn't stop. But the Good Samaritan, the Samaritan, in fact, he was tagged good or is qualified as good because he stopped to lend a helping hand. But did you see everything he did? How many of you are familiar with the story? I'm not going to assume everybody knows it, but if we're familiar with the story of the Good Samaritan, he did a couple of things. He not only picked up the man, he took him to an inn and paid for him to be taken care of, for his wounds to be nursed. If he did not have money, all he would have had was goodwill or good hearts, good intention. So money is not evil. It's the love of money that is evil. So back to physical health. If you're not healthy physically, you will not grow. And I'm sure somebody's wondering how, because I'm growing physically. Yes, you are growing physically. But the quality of your growth 
the quality of life that you, are, you will live will be subpar. It will be below what it was already, originally designed for. Okay, and I want you, as you are seated here, or as you're listening online, I want you to start to think about, it might not be you. I mean, you might be physically fit. You exercise, you eat good meals, you know, balanced diet and all, all, all the good stuff. You don't take in toxins, no alcohol, no cigarettes, your lungs are in top shape, X, Y, Z. But you may know someone, you may know someone, a close family member who's currently battling ill health. I want you to appropriate this message for them. I want you to think about it and just have them in mind. Picture them because we're going to spend some time in prayer and we'll be interceding for everyone that we know is currently battling ill health. All right, so good health facilitates growth. God wants you alive and well. In natural things, health is a prerequisite to growth, whether it is human or an organization. Anything that is healthy needs to grow. Anything that is healthy will grow by default, whether it's mentally, emotionally, spiritually, talking about us as humans. So it is God's perfect plan for us to live in good health. And we see that in 3 John verse 2. It says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Okay, now one of the interesting things to note, or one of the names of God that we come in contact with very early on, is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. And it is a covenant name of God that means the Lord who heals. And we see that, we encounter that in Exodus 15, verse 26. It says, And if you diligently Heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight. Give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. And on that note, I want to welcome, uh, let's all welcome Toy Sanusi to join me here on stage. Toy will be sharing with us uh, very briefly her healing experience. Please let's make her feel very welcome as she gets up here. Welcome to him. Awesome. Okay, so um, Tony has an amazing testimony, and I thought it was good for her to do this with me, just so that we can put in practical terms. I know that a lot of us have experienced some sort of healing. Um, or maybe that I, I'm, I'm being um, presumptuous by assuming that we have all experienced healing, or you know, a lot of us have. But either ways, you may have heard people's stories, you may have seen um, something on social media that spoke about how someone got healed and all of that stuff. But Toy is going to share with us um, her own experience. I have a ton, actually, um, but it's not it's not my story today. Uh, so Toy, talk to us. Um, how did it start and how did it end? Okay. Praise God, everybody. Hallelujah. Okay, so um, how did it start? It just started suddenly. <laughs> okay, so um, I started bleeding uh, profusely, unusually, which was not normal. So I then started thinking, oh, what's, what's really happening? When, when was this? 
This was, uh, I think, 2018. 2018, okay. Yes. So yes. you just noticed all of a sudden yeah, I just that started, okay? So it was, I was bothered, but I just thought, oh, maybe it's just something hormonal or something like that. So I just um, continued living that way. <laughs> then later I got to a particular point that it was not normal anymore. <laughs> I can remember my boss telling me, Tony, when you came to this office, you were robust, you were plump, but now you are depreciating, emaciating. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and he then told me, go and check yourself. I think he's not normal. <laughs> so I went to the hospital and then I found that they said I had fibroid, me. <laughs> mm. Fibroid. So oh, when I got back to the office, it's very funny because when I got back to the office, it was like, ah, so how did he visit go? I then told him, uh, they said I'm losing, uh, I'm having short, shortage of blood. He was like, hey, well, you will not eat well. My okay, so you didn't tell him <laughs> I couldn't tell what him the doctor said. Mm. Yeah, so I couldn't tell him at this point because I need to, I couldn't tell anybody. Yeah, because um, I was, number one, I was afraid. Number two, I was ashamed. Number three, I just didn't know what to do. I was confused at this particular point in time. I'm just a young girl. I've not even given birth. I've not even married. <laughs> and I'm having fibroid, really. Okay. So that was what happened at that particular point in time. And then um, the doctor said I should just manage it because I'm, I've not married and I don't have children. So, so they discouraged you from yeah, undergoing a surgery yeah, then? Yeah, because it was on the wall of my womb. And so going in... It was in, on your womb? Yes, okay. yes, yes. So going in there can be risky and can mm. affect birth, childbearing in the future. Okay. So... Um, she then told, gave me a lot of drugs, hormonal drugs. There were so much. I was taking them at a particular point in time. I felt I, I couldn't take them anymore because I couldn't understand myself. I was a different person. And I then told God, at this point, I'm no more taking any of these drugs anymore. If he wants to heal me, he should heal me. If he doesn't want to heal me, he should leave me like this. Sorry, Tony. So just um, a fact to point out. So Tony heads our prayer team here at, in church and she's been with us for a couple of years um we all noticed that weight loss by the way and we just thought oh fit farm because it, i mean it's, uh, everybody wants to lose yes. weight so we didn't I'm, so i'm just saying to you sometimes how that someone is going through stuff and it's not it's not visible even when it is visible and, and for as long as they're not crying or shedding tears or you can't see blood coming out anywhere you just think everything is okay so people are dealing with stuff Please continue. Yeah, yeah, because I can remember people keep asking me, oh, what are you doing to lose weight? This so is working. And I'm like, it's working. Oh, thank you. And then I told God that this is it. So there was Had you spoken to anyone by then as at this time? You no, just my friends, but I keep telling them I have shortage of blood. Just my, a few friends. It just, I think it was Dami and Ada. So we were just praying about it because I didn't tell them it was fibroid because I didn't even know how to say it. You thought it was something really nasty. Yeah. And, and bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I, I didn't tell my mom. Okay, it was only my mom that I told. But she was like, ah, so kilo machine, see. I said, ah, they said we should just manage Wait it, it out. Yeah. Mm. So when that happened, she was like, okay, we'll just pray and see how it goes. So one day, um, so how it ended. <laughs> so one day, we were at work, um, leaders meeting um, with PI. Everybody was there. I was bleeding profusely. I was tired. I was always tired, by the way. 
even going to work, I had to stop working at a particular point in time. Let me just make you guys laugh a little bit. So there is this dispenser in my office. Because of the um, loss of blood, I keep drinking water to refill, <laughs> to refill, to refill myself. So I kept drinking water. So I can't. I finish. I can't. <laughs> I finish the all. Um, seaway dispenser, you know that seaway dispenser, the bottle, the whole bottle in two days. At a particular point, they notice I'm always going there, go, going there. And my boss was like, See, we're going to buy you a bag of pure water for <laughs> just you alone. And you'll be thinking it because this one is, is, is not normal. So, okay, so how it ended was I was in, I was bleeding profusely. I was in the leaders meeting. leaders' meeting in the church office, and then P.I. just uh, mentioned that, oh, that we're going to go on a fast, and then he, he said, oh, this is the direction of the fast. They, right there, I was just thinking, God, I'm just tired. Can you just heal me and let this thing go? And I wasn't listening to what they were saying. I didn't even get it. I was just on my own thinking. And then the next thing he said, okay, that the um, reference point is, verse is Isaiah 58, verse 3 to 8, and he read it. And at the beginning of that, verse 3 says, um, is this the fast I told you to do? Then he said all the things that people should not do during a fast. And then later he said all the things that you should do during a fast. Then verse 8 was what really hit me. And verse 8 says that, and after doing all those things, he said, and your healing will spring forth quickly. And I was like, yes, this is my fast. And this is me, sorry, oh, it's so long. And this is me that I can't go without breakfast. I can remember one day I was in, Ikeja. I had to leave home early because I, was, I needed to get to Ikeja at a particular time. So I, I didn't take my breakfast that morning. So when I got to Ikeja, I started feeling dizzy. I, on the road, I almost fainted. And I was like, ha, I can't faint here. Nobody knows me. <laughs> They'll just put their hands on their head and <laughs> say, ha, 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 and I'm just going to die. So I then quickly called um, somebody that, that I, to give me water. And then I got water, poured on my head. In the middle of the road, they were just I mean, what's wrong with this girl? Is she about to die? And then I took some water. So I knew that I must take breakfast before going. So now this fast, I needed to go without food. I'm like, God, Holy Spirit, just help me. And I'm going to go through with it. So I did the first day, second day, third day. And then on the fourth day, it was a Sunday. So we're here. And um, different people had started praying. Uh, then P.I. then took over. Yeah, P.I. then took over. Hey. Okay, when I, I also led the prayer that morning. So when I went to the back, I, my friend, Catherine, Catherine said, oh, God said that what he's going to do, he's going to do. No, no. He said he, he will do what he will do or something like that. I said, wait, is he not going to do it? Or I don't understand. She was like, she, I don't know. He just said, I'm still God. Yes, he said, I'm still God. I was like, okay. So I went back to my seat and then P.I. said, praying and when he started praying the next thing I just felt a sharp pain on my on my belly and I was like what was this this is unusual what's happening and then I went to the restroom and then I found out that the fiber had fallen hallelujah so it had it had distended as yes. but it had not completely come off yes so it was <laughs> <laughs> that would, that would not have been a, yeah because I mean I, at some point I got involved in the matter that could, was not a pleasant um, experience because it had so it had it, it was about to almost about to come off completely you know but it, it hadn't come off completely okay yeah. please go on. so at this particular point in time I was really confused so the next morning I told my mom 
There's also a joke. So that night, I was really confused. I didn't know what to do. This, I was uncomfortable. I was bleeding profusely. And my friends, Mart Martins and uh, Victor, they were like, Toy, come and take pepper soup. Let's go to and take pepper soup at a particular joint. And I entered my car. Okay, I didn't have a car then. And I entered the bus. I drove there. <laughs> Went to take pepper soup. I cannot come and die. <laughs> and I, I had, we had a nice time. Then I went back home and continued my story. Oh, Lord, what will I do? <laughs> this, was, this was after she has received a, a half miracle now. A half miracle. <laughs> so the next morning, I then went to the hospital. Ah, that's a long gist. We can't go. No, we yeah. can't. Just okay. So, yeah. So then they... So when you it. went to the hospital, what did the doctors say? Yeah, so they said that the fibroid has degenerated, that it has shrunk, so, and it has fallen off, just hanging because of something was um, blocking it from coming out. So then they said, okay, they have to go through, I have to go through a minor surgery, and that it would last for like one hour or so, or more. And then we prepared everything, prepared for the surgery, one hour surgery, and then... Um, blood. The blood. Plenty the blood, blood in case. Because I'd already taken a lot of blood before. So they, 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 we had to get more and all that. And then on that, that day, they just started. And um, I can remember that they, uh, they, they did for the... They, they put me to sleep for one hour. They thought it was going to last for one hour. And the next thing they did was when they, they started, within 10 minutes or 15 minutes, they're like, ah, this is the fibroid. We've removed it. And then the person that put me to sleep was like, ah, but we thought you said one hour. Oh, we've just wasted this thing on now. And that was it. And then it was over just like that. And then they didn't even just need to use like the that. blood mm. or anything. Hallelujah. If we're celebrating the great physician, the healer, can we do that very well? Thank you so much, Toin, for sharing. So you see, God had done the work. The doctors didn't need to do much because God had done it already. It was already a perfect and complete work, you know. Um, remember where it, she started from? The fact that it was, they had initially said no surgery because it was going to be dangerous for her womb. So God had taken out the danger there. It had come off. It just was still hanging like by a thread or whatever. That's the only reason why she needed to go in for the minor surgery. God is faithful. That same God that did it for Tui, that same God that healed all of the people that we've seen in the scriptures, whose stories we've read, that same God that had healed people that you even know, that same God that healed me, you know, from a severe case of ovarian cysts when I was pregnant with my first child. I can go on and on. That same God is very much willing and able to heal you, to heal your loved one, to heal that person that you're right now holding up by faith and trusting God to come through completely, to perfect the work that he has started in their lives. He's very much able. All right, so healing is a part of the provision for believers in the atonement of Christ, just to provide a background so that as we start to pray, you are praying from point of um, knowledge. Bible speaks about us receiving the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know God. When you pray from a point of authority or from a place of authority, a place of knowing the person that you are speaking to, knowing that you are simply making a request on what it has been available, made available to you, it makes a whole lot of difference. It changes it. It changes it. It's a game changer. Okay? So, 
just um, God is still making provision for heal health to turn it around to sound health for bitter waters to be made sweet water. So remember the children of Israel when they got saved, okay, and they came out of Egypt. So salvation had happened for them, but they then got to Mara, you know, the place of the bitter waters, and they couldn't drink water. So sometimes, we've, yes, we've been saved. Not even sometimes, we're saved. We have been saved. We are saved. But we still battle afflictions. We battle illnesses. We battle infirmities, sicknesses, diseases. You know, I, I sympathize with everyone who, loves, who lost a loved one during COVID. It could not have been an easy thing to undergo. But we know who we have. And he's the one that we have come to speak with. And if you have a family member who's still battling COVID, who has major health issues, today we agree and today we pray for them, for their healing. We trust God completely for their healing. All right, so Jesus was willing to heal on the Sabbath day in Mark 3. That is, his, that is what he wants to do. One of the provisions that we have as his children is healing. He wants to heal us. He wants to deliver us from oppression. And he was willing to, you know, um, put aside the laws of the land. He was willing to move past the legalism that existed in that situation. In fact, if you go and read that story in Mark 3, it was as though he was angry. In fact, I felt like every time I read that part of scripture from verse 1 to 6, it's as if he was like, let me see you touch this. Let me see you interfere with what I'm about to do here. Somebody's ill. This man is lame and we want to, I want to heal him. You say because it is Sabbath. It is a day of rest. It is a day. Who made the law? And so whatever legalistic reasons you think, because sometimes it's a mindset limitation that we have towards our healing. And we feel like, yeah, the reason why this is happening to me is because of something that I did. We need to understand that when Jesus went on that cross, Bible speaks about, you know, cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus already bore your sickness. He took your place. And so there is no reason whatsoever that you cannot access your healing. There is no reason why you should not be healed. That is the first thing. Okay. Um, healing is the children's bread. Healing is, Jesus said that to, to the, is it the Syrophoenician woman? who came with her child, and she wanted healing. She wanted it. And he said to her, healing is children's bread. We as God's children, or we are God's children, and so healing is our bread. Now, I need for us to do something very quickly. Go through the scriptures in your mind. If you're a Bible scholar or you read the Bible, uh, you will see different places where food is referred to as bread. When Jesus was going to be tempted by the devil. He asked him to turn stones to what? To bread. Um, David would quote, or the psalmist would say, since I was young, now I'm old, I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed beg for bread. When you then come to Jesus saying, healing is the children's bread. Bread is like accessible food. It's common food back then and even now. So it's like maybe for, 
a Yoruba person, maybe your, your, the bread will symbolize like eba or something, or rice. If we say what are staple foods in Nigeria, we'll say rice, gari, and things like that. What is easily accessible? What is easily accessible? So it means when Jesus would say healing is the children's bread. Bread. Think about it. Bread. Bread is easily accessible. It was easily accessible then. Bread represents food that is common. It represents your daily... In fact, when Jesus was going to teach us how to pray, when he was going to teach his disciples how to pray, he says, give us our daily bread. Daily bread. Every, so when he says healing is the children's bread, healing is your daily bread. Healing is your day. It's your, it's your everyday experience. So healing shouldn't be something that we see and we're like, oh my God, somebody got healed. Wow. It should be our daily experience because it is the children's bread. I don't know if somebody is putting it together in your mind and I'm just trusting that the Holy Spirit is breaking it down. So whatever it is you are dealing with, you operate from that mindset of healing is bread. Healing is for the children of God. Healing is the children's bread. Healing is bread. Bread is common. So this should not elude me. This shouldn't be something that I am chasing after. It is my right as a child of God. So Jesus desires your healing and he has made covenant provisions for your healing and he manifests his compassion and mercy to us. I really want us to pray, so I'm just going to run through my notes quickly. What is the assurance that we have for healing? This is the last slide. Please, can you go back? You guys are way ahead of me. Assurance for healing. First, we have that assurance of the new covenant. The same power that forgives sins. The same power that heals. The same power that forgives sin. The same power that raised Jesus up from dead is the same power that heals. God doesn't have to conjure. And, you know, God is not a magician. Sometimes we approach God as if he's a vending machine or he's a magician. No, he isn't. And we expect, ah, because this is healing. You know, when you want to have faith for finances, some, and we're all at different levels. Some of us, when we want to have faith for finances, we are very, ah, we know all the scriptures. We have an abundance mindset. We know that our father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We know that all the universe was created by him. And so there's nothing that we can, but when it comes to healing, we are of a different mindset. We approach God as though, well, God, you know, if you really want to do it, right now I'm not sure. This looks really, it looks really serious. The doctors have said it's impossible. It's an impossible situation. When we want to go out, we're very assured that he will protect us because he's the good shepherd. And so we go out in joy and we are led forth with peace. We come back home and we are safe. Is there anybody that goes out and you're feeling like, I may not come back home when you're going out in the morning? There's that, you know, there's, there's that uh, comfort and that confidence you have that I'm fine. Nothing will happen to me because the God of the universe holds my life in his hands. And so he will preserve and protect me. He will give his angels charge over me. When we think about money, when we think about a job, we want a job opportunity. But when it comes to healing... It's a different mindset with which we operate. And so my responsibility this morning is just to help us see things differently. 
through the lenses of the scriptures, through the provision of the new covenant that we have. The life that we have been called to live is a life of wholeness and wellness. And so when we are functioning, you know, sopa, when it looks like things are not adding up in our health, it is okay to place a demand. I love, you know, one of the stories that sort of swelled my, my, my faith journey as a teenager is by Reverend Kenneth Hagin, his healing story. I don't know how many of you know it, but I mean, he was ill for so long. He was bedfast, he was bedridden for years. And he kept studying the scriptures. So sometimes we feel like it needs to happen now. But we forget the part of consistency in declaring the word, in understanding what the word says, in appropriating what the word says into our personal situation, in confessing it, in placing a demand on that which is rightfully ours, in keeping that mindset. So it cannot be, oh, today, God, I know you will heal me. I know you have healed me. I thank you that I'm healed. And tomorrow you're like, hey, Jesus, this thing is going to kill me. It can't be that. It can't be that. And I know that there's a place of mercy because sometimes, yes, we really do get overwhelmed with our issues. And so there's a likelihood that we start to say the wrong things. And that's where God's mercy just prevails. But if you are in this, you have got to be in it completely. You have got to own it as your bread. So someone needs to say to them, healing is my bread. It is my bread. It is my bread because I am a child of God. Okay, so covenant. When evening came, this is Matthew eight seventeen. They brought to him many who were demon uh, possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, "He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Who's he? Jesus. Jesus on that cross that we celebrated a few uh, weeks ago." On that cross, he took our sicknesses. On that cross, he took our infirmities so that we could live lives of wholeness, so that we could be free and free indeed. Now, Jesus has already borne the sickness. So why should I bear it? And that's what someone needs to ask themselves. Jesus has already borne my sickness. Jesus has already taken this mental health issue with him. Jesus has already taken this cancer. He has already born, you know, this, uh, whatever name it has been called, fibroid, whatever, whatever, blood issues, lung issues, organ challenges, whatever it has been called. He has taken this sickness with him on the cross. He already bore it. So I, why am I bearing it? And that is a conversation to have with God. I should not bear it. I shouldn't. So he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. God sent his word. So what is his word that you're holding on to? What does the scripture say about you? And I'm reading through several scriptures just so you can note them down and go and meditate on them. You meditate to the point where faith is activated in your heart and you believe and then you can speak. 
you believe and then you can speak. You need to start to see yourself as healed. You need to start to see yourself as whole because that's what happens when you start to declare it. When you start to make these confessions, you begin to see yourself differently. Yes, you might be with a limp. Yes, you might still have that back pain, but you are seeing yourself differently. The person that is at the end of this tunnel is a transformed, a whole and a healed individual. Yes, it looks like it is still there, but I am seeing it. I am seeing it because Jesus bore this sickness already. I am seeing myself whole. I am seeing myself changed. I am seeing myself standing straight without a back pain. I am seeing myself. That limp is gone. You have got to begin to see because that is how God sees you. But we don't um, we are not there because we do not appropriate the word. We don't take it. We don't own it and we don't run with it. For some people, just so I, I mean it's clear, some people you experience their healing instantaneously. For some, it's a process. It's a process where faith is activated. It's a, I mean, the Bible speaks about different ways that we get, get healed. It says, um, if you're sick, call an elder. They would lay hands on you. There's another portion of scripture that speaks about being anointed when you're ill. You know, different things. But there is still that place. Bible speaks about, you know, Jesus not being able to do mighty works in a certain city because of their unbelief because of their unbelief. So Jesus could not do anything with them. The few sick people that came to him, he healed them. Now, Jesus did not heal everybody that was sick when he was on earth. Just in case you've, you've always said Jesus is the greatest healer. Everywhere he went, I remember that song we used to sing, he was doing good. Okay, I thought you guys were gonna back me up. Am I that old or are you guys that young? <laughs> So nobody knows that song. Oh my God. Aha. Anyway, you know, Sharon, you have oldish tendencies. Anyway, um, don't mind them saying it's actually a compliment. What's wrong with you, Demilade? Anyway, but you then have this song everywhere Jesus went, he was doing. And that's it. That's scripture. Absolutely correct. But Jesus did not heal everybody that was sick when he was on earth. But he healed everyone that came to him. There's a difference. So the healing power is available. But it is only those who engage that can be healed. Only those who connect with the promises. Only those who see themselves through the lenses of the new covenant. Jesus did not heal everybody that was sick. But everyone who came to him, he healed Everyone, everyone, even those that did not come to him, that they came with through back door, like the woman with the issue of blood, she came through back door. He healed her. How much more us, his children, that were approaching his throne of grace, where we obtain mercy and we find grace to help us, even in this health challenge, to stay the course, to keep speaking, to keep believing, to keep declaring. All right, so compassion. Jesus was very compassionate. Then, he's still very compassionate now. He's still very compassionate now. And so, let's not think, oh, it looks like because the world, I mean, there's global warming now. There's a lot of madness and craziness. So, the potency of the power of God to heal back then is not the same. The quality has been diluted because of all the madness in the world. Not at all. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, 
he was compassionate then, he's still compassionate now. And so you can come on the basis of compassion. He would, the Bible speaks about Jesus going to places and even when he was tired, he would see people and his heart would just be moved. He would be, compa- you know, he would be filled with compassion for them. And that's something that is lacking in our country. But that's, I mean, that's the message, message for another day. But he's still very compassionate and he wants us healed. He wants us healed. He wants us whole. Okay? Lastly, mercy. No matter the source or reason for your ill health. If you think you caused it, you brought it on yourself, you think it's hereditary, you think it is something that, you know, family members, in fact, this whole hereditary something. I, I remember just... Um, Sometimes when my mom and I are speaking, if knowledge is very powerful. And there's a way it, it changes your mindset. In fact, influences you if you're not careful. So my mom would be saying, we're just having a conversation. She'd say, ah, something, maybe she, she does something. She, she ex, ex, maybe exclaims at a pain or something. I'm like, ah, what's wrong with you? I remember first time she told me, oh, that, eh, this thing. So... She's, she noticed that it has started worrying her. I said, what do you mean by it has started worrying? I said, that's how it used to worry her mother too. And in fact, she had her grandmother. Uh, in my mind, I'm like, hold up. <laughs> hold up. No way. So it's a, what? It's a thing that's happening to women in this, and no way. It ends with you. It ends, in fact, with you. It's ending. It's not coming here. But guess what? So I can then be just by myself, and I, then I feel a certain pain in that area. I'm like, eh, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> no way. But I recalibrate immediately because there's a way your mind just wants to accept. Ah, this is something that they say runs in our family. This is something that they say happens to the men in our family. This is something that, you know, and you just want to accept it and settle. He wants to settle. Before it settles, kick it out. I'm a new creature in Christ. All things have passed away. All things have become new. All things are becoming, there's no room for curses here. There's no room for, you know, um, hereditary illnesses here. There is no room for generational anything here. Any negative, it ends with my parents' lineage. It ends. I'm of a new lineage. I'm different. My case is different. And you need to say to yourself, guys, because guess what? If you're quiet, you're still speaking anyway. You're saying something. And what it is, is you are mentally assenting to the situation. You're mentally accepting it. But you don't want it, you speak to it. You don't want it. it, Sometimes, there are things that come up. Maybe something like a migraine. And you know how it is? Well, there's there's ibuprofen. There is... Sometimes I find myself wanting to get into that mode where I'm just, it's okay, I can just use um, a painkiller now and I'm fine. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, with painkillers, aside from the fact that I hate medicine and I hate injections. But yeah, I'm, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, science works. So I'm not saying don't do science, absolutely not. But my point is there's a way that you can become used to it. That you fail to, you know, sometimes some of us just even need to test just test this right that you have in Christ to health and speak to a migraine that has been disturbing you and just been a nuisance in the last few days. Just ask it to leave. For some of us, it's wisdom we need, not just power. Wisdom to drink water. Wisdom to sleep and sleep well. But instead, we are exerting power. I just thought to put that in there. It's very important. 
because you are exerting power and fasting and praying over something that the wisdom of God is available to you. And all you need to just use engage wisdom and get a good night's sleep and slow down on the caffeine and watch the headache disappear and drink enough water. Make healthy lifestyle choices. All right, so seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Remember, Jesus is compassionate. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize, who is not sympathetic. See, when Jesus went on that cross, that wasn't the game changer. It wasn't. It was, yes, it was a big deal, but guess what? There were also two other thieves on that cross with him. So if it was about the cross, it was not the thing. It wasn't it. If it was even about him resurrecting, yes, that is so important. But guess what? There were other people who resurrected too. Lazarus. You guys remember the prophets? I think it was Elijah. Who were they going to bury? They were going to bury a prophet. And then the people did anyhow and the dead body fell. I think it was Elijah, right? Was it Elijah? I can't remember. But there was a prophet anyway. Sorry, who was it? Elisha, thank you. And his dead body fell on somebody's tomb. And the person resurrected. Is that not resurrection too? The person woke up now. But there is a difference. Jairus' daughter woke up. So if it was about being hung on a tree or hung on a cross and then resurrecting. But there was a difference. The purpose for that journey to the cross. The purpose for being able to keep his word that he had given to say... On X day, on the third day, I will rise. It's the purpose. Otherwise, it would have just been another death and another miracle of resurrecting. But the purpose, and we see that purpose here throughout scripture, but we also see it in Hebrews 4, uh, 14. No, sorry, the Matthew 8, 17 that I read earlier, where it says that he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And so when Jesus was on that cross, as he carried that cross, he had you in mind. He had me in mind. As he went, as he took those beatings, Isaiah would, you know, would speak of him and say that, look, by his stripes, we are healed. When Peter was going to use that same scripture, he referenced it as something that had happened. And that is how we need to process it. When you think about your healing, it happened already. It happened already. Some of us just need to give thanks. Just adopt a lifestyle of thanksgiving where you are seeing yourself healed because Jesus already did it. He already paid the price. He already went on that cross for you. And so what you are seeing now is not a, what the doctors are saying. Yes, it is facts. And we take it, you know, we, we take it, we receive it, but it's not the truth. And so what has been written concerning you, you know, the, the life that you have, by reason of the new covenant that we have enacted with God, when you came to him, you need to believe it. That is what needs to supersede what the doctors are saying. That is what needs to supersede the reports that you have. They've said, oh, you are not going to be able to do X, Y, Z. That is their report. That is what they have seen. But what do you see? What do you believe? What are you seeing? Are you seeing yourself as God sees you? healed whole healed and whole all right so we are going to pray we're going to pray wherever it is that you need healing emotionally mentally physically 
Or even situationally, you need to declare it. You need to say it, you need to declare it. You need to speak it, you need to declare it. You can have my big thoughts slide down. Just in case somebody's looking to say, oh, you've said a lot of things, BWS. So how do I put this all together? This is it. Please, can we have that slide? So first thing, just the big thoughts from this message. Healing is the children's bread. If there's anything you're living here with, or you're not living, you are living with a lot. You're living with your healing. But I need you to remind, remember this. So when you think about healing, it is not something far-fetched. It's not something that you don't deserve. It is not something that eludes you. It is not something you have to grovel for. I need to say that because some of us think it is by much tears and, and, and crying. And it is not what you grovel for. It is your bread. It is your bread. I've had some healing experiences that, you know how it is, some, you, 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 you see something happen with your body and you speak the word because that's what Jesus did. Jesus would speak the word, you know, to every situation that was presented to him. And... Bible says that the people will be healed. And so I will speak the word and I will go on. It is days after I'm then saying, oh, wait a minute. Something was happening to me. And just in case you're thinking, you're listening to me, and you're like, uh-uh, does it so you're like just a pastor, a gangster like that when it comes to healing. <laughs> Sometimes I've had my faith shaken too. I've seen situations that have shaken my faith and just made me ask God, is this, is this, <laughs> Am I going to be in this forever and ever? But I see him come through. I see him come through. I, I go to a physician who, you know, it is Christian and agrees with me. So, healing is your bread. Please remember that. There is an assurance for healing in the new covenant. The same power that raised Jesus forgives sins and is the same power that heals. Jesus is still as compassionate. He wants us alive and well for by his stripes, we were healed. And no matter the source or reason for ill health, we can obtain mercy and access healing. Can we just rise? Let's rise to our faith and agree together. Let's agree in faith today for anyone in the room, anyone watching online who's currently battling ill health, who's sick, whatever form of illness, whether it's a family member, If you have a prayer language, can I ask that you begin to pray in the spirit? I'm, um, I'm going to ask that the band please come up and just sing solemnly while we pray. If you have a prayer language, just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And if you don't, can I give you a scripture that you can begin to meditate on as you open your mouth and you begin to request, begin to access that which has been made available for you, the provision that you have been given. It says in Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. If you're standing in in faith for someone, you're interceding for a family member. Believe that they have received it, and it will be theirs. Because where the word of a king is, there is power. God is here. God is here. Healing is our bread. Healing is our rights. He wants us alive and well. Because that is the only way we can fulfill purpose. For some of us, illness has gotten us so down that we are unable to even move on with life and do the things that God would have us do. So can I ask that you begin to pray against the manifestation of medical conditions that have spanned generations within your family. 
begin to declare that you are a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And so that is your experience in life. That is your experience. That is your experience. In the name of Jesus, is someone praying? Is someone praying? Is someone laying a claim on that which is rightfully theirs? Is someone declaring their healing in the presence of God this morning? Anyone online, can you begin to declare you are healed, you are whole? I am healed, I am whole. In the name of Jesus, in my body I am whole. In my body I am whole. Today is a day of encounter for someone. Just as Stoney spoke and said she was at a meeting, a fast was declared and she was in a prayer session where, you know, she, 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 she received a word and, and, and she felt it. You need to begin to expect it, begin to desire it, begin to call it forth. In the name of Jesus, wherever it is that you are hurting, if you are in the room or you are online, may I ask that you put your hand, put your hand where you are hurting, put your hand. And if it is somewhere you cannot touch, if it is internal, can I ask that you put your hand on your heart? Put your hand on your heart. If you are believing for someone in the, a family member, a friend, a sibling, a colleague, can I ask that you just put your hand on your heart for them in the name of Jesus? Manda kasuta lagada shoto koye babo korobodo si andelegede labo kosoto kota ya baba 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 sindelegede bosia akosoto baya the same power that raised Jesus from the dead quickens your mortal bodies right now, right now, right now, right now. Revitalizes you, restores you in strength. Someone needs to speak life, speak life over that organ that is causing you problems. Speak life over it. That, that report you have received, that report you have received, that negative report where the doctors have said it is impossible or they have said that you are going to have to deal with this till you marry or they have said you are with this till you die. Would you begin to declare that report is done in the name of Jesus that what is written concerning you supersedes that report. What is written concerning you supersedes that report in the name of Jesus. Someone is to declare the family medical histories and hereditary conditions do not stand up. They, they do not stand up against the word of the Lord concerning me. His word says that I am healed. His word says that I am whole. His word says that I am delivered. Someone needs to begin to break free from every oppression of the enemy. In the name of Jesus. Begin to declare, I am free. I am free. I am free. I am free. He that the Son of Man has set free is free indeed. I am free. I am free from depression. I am free from mental illness. I am free from depression. I am free from mental illness. In the name of Jesus. Use your authority. 
authority you have in Christ Jesus begin to declare I am victorious I am victorious I am victorious I am victorious I do not give in I do not cave in to this sickness I come I rise above you I overcome you in the name of Jesus I overcome you in the name of Jesus I overcome you I overcome by the blood of the Lamb someone needs to say I overcome by the blood of Jesus I overcome by the blood of Jesus I overcome this disease I overcome this depression by the blood of the Lamb You know, there's a way uh, we, we, we've been, um, we're a generation that is quick to give labels. We're a generation that is quick to give labels. And there's a way your label can become something that you are comfortable in. It becomes a second skin to you. And you don't see the need to change it. May I ask that you ask your father what he calls you? Because he, he has called you by a name. He has given you a name. And it's not that label. It is not that name you are carrying. It isn't. It isn't. And so you need to, this morning, just declare that I am who you have made me. I live the life you have made me, created me to live. I live the quality of life that you have created me to live. I refuse to continue to wear the garment of heaviness. I refuse to continue to allow this cloud of heaviness hang over my life. I refuse to remain in a state of joylessness. I know that's not even a word, but I refuse to continually be emotionally stressed because as I am weakened in my soul, it begins to affect my body. The Bible speaks about a merry heart doing good like medicine. Would someone begin to ask for the oil of joy? Begin to ask for the oil of joy. In the name of Jesus, as you are right now, just lift your hands and say, Lord, let it pour over me. Let your oil of joy just flow. Let it flow in my life. Let it flow in my life. In the name of Jesus, let the Lord baptize you before you step out of here. And for everyone watching online, his power has been made available to heal you. In the name of Jesus, to fill you with joy, to give you beauty for ashes, oil of joy in place of mourning to comfort you, to strengthen you to strengthen your hands to strengthen your heart, to strengthen you in health, in the name of the Lord Jesus what you have not been able to do previously by faith, can I ask that you begin to do it? That leg that was causing you pain, 
that back that was hurting. Oh, Makuza Tika Liga Zitaya. Would you begin to just exercise your faith and do what you couldn't do before? Begin to do what you could not do before. In the name of Jesus. For someone, by your next medical appointment, you are getting a clean bill of health. You are getting a clean bill of health. The mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Because healing is your bread. Healing is your bread. Healing is your right. In the name of Jesus. Healing is your right. In the name of Jesus. Healing is your right. You don't need to wait for someone to lay hands on you. You don't even need for someone to anoint you. You are in God's presence. Remember, everyone that came to Jesus, let him heal. Everyone that came to Jesus, let him heal. God is here with his arms outstretched and he's healing his children. He's giving them their bread. He's giving them their bread. He's giving us our bread. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Can we just have a song of worship? I want us to just give thanks. Just celebrate the faithfulness of God. Celebrate the healing that you have received. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Someone is beginning to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You have done it. Thank you, Lord. I believe. I believe. I believe. I see myself whole. I see myself healed. I am alive and well. Go on, let's sing, let's sing. You may not even wait for the band. Sing your own song. Sing your song. Sing your song of worship and thanksgiving. Sing your song of worship and thanksgiving. And praise God. Praise God for his faithfulness. Praise God for his mercy. Praise God for his mercy that has prevailed. Yes, you may have ignorantly or foolishly even lived a life of disobedience that has brought that feeling, uh, that sickness. But the mercy of God is in the room today. The mercy of God is available in the name of Jesus.
celebrating the great physician, the healer. You're celebrating your father. Put your hands together and do it properly. Thank you, Jesus, for healing. Thank you, Jesus, for deliverance. Thank you, Jesus, for setting us free from the oppression of the enemy. Lord, we give you praise. We worship you. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.